What's up, Lamb Fam? Welcome back to the Life After Miscarriage podcast, where we unapologetically chat the ins and outs of what life is actually like after miscarriage. I'm your host, Shelly Metling, and with four angel babies myself and one rainbow baby here on earth, I have created a platform for you guys to share your stories. So sit back, relax, get ready to relate, laugh, and cry as we get real on what life is actually like after miscarriage in the 21st century. Hello, everyone. We have Samantha Moore on today's episode. You guys, she is from Australia and literally is like pulled over in her car at midnight to do this. So I appreciate (laughs) her so much, Samantha. I'm just going to toss it at you. Start wherever you'd like with your story. Thank you so much, Shelly. And thank you so much for, um, yeah, giving me this safe place. Um, I say safe place as I'm sitting on the side of the road, but I'm feeling yeah, very safe in this one. <laughs> safe in Australia. I feel safe in Australia. Um, yeah, so, and also just this place for us to share our stories. And I feel like I'm part of all the brave women now who um, who have shared their stories here. And it just makes me feel part of a a special a special place or a special clique. So thank you for that. Um, we, um, where shall I start? I'm just going to start with my daughter, Layla, who is our, our world. Um, and she's our first daughter. She's now three, um, three and a half. Uh, she, I had the best pregnancy, uh, with her, um, she was such a great surprise for us um, and she's now what we call our miracle um, but yeah she's she's our world she's our everything and my hubby James and I are just so in love with her so that's that's been wonderful um, and she was just so excited to be a, a big sister um, so I'll, I'll start there with Layla but today actually marks um one year that we found out that we were pregnant with our second baby um i was at a time in my life where i had achieved all of my goals um i was happy where i was i was a wife um a mom i had i'm a speech pathologist so i had finished my speech degree uh many years prior um, I have my own private practice and, uh, yeah, so I decided I wanted to build our family. I, we decided together, yep, we're ready to build our family. Um, yeah, so we were so excited and we wanted to keep this a secret, um, because Layla's pregnancy was a little bit, um, we had told family quite early, um, and it just accidentally got out onto the social media world, which was so awful for us. Um, and some people found out via social media, including very close family. So that was, uh, that was not fun, but, um, we, yeah, we moved on. We, we thought, you know, with this pregnancy, we really wanted to hold it with, ourselves so we waited till about our nine week scan and everything had been um pretty good up you know everything had been really great um I actually had been feeling unwell for this pregnancy which was exciting too because I didn't have that with Layla I felt just 
great. And I just thought the unwell came with pregnancy. So I thought, you know, that's really exciting for us. Um, I had um, our nine week scan. We heard the heartbeat it was such like, so it, such an exciting time. And the doctor had cleared us um, to go flying because we also, um, unfortunately we had uh, my, well, this is not unfortunate. My hubby is American, um, which that is great. Um, but unfortunately, we had a um, funeral. His uncle had passed. And yeah, we were heading over to the US for a funeral. Um, so that's when we decided we thought, well, we've heard the heartbeat. Um, you know, that was really great for us. We had a, had a scan. We saw our baby. This was time just to tell my family before we flew away. And then also then we, once we arrived in America, we told Hobby's family. So that was really an exciting time for us to do that. Um, we'd been, we were only staying in America for a week. Uh, we had the funeral and um, that was right at the beginning. And then we had decided to take um, Layla to a few places um, whilst we were there. We were in Florida. So we decided to take her to Disney World. Um, well, I should probably backtrack a little bit. And as I was getting on the plane to go to the US, I did notice that all of my all of my symptoms that I had been having, like the nausea and just the pure exhaustion, I suddenly felt really great. Um, I think I was just feeling, oh, great, that's really good. I'm not going to be sick on the plane. This is fantastic. Um, this might be just the, you know, the point where I'm moving into that second trimester and I just felt really really good like excited to be on a plane that I wasn't going to be you know super super sick and I got up and I walked around a lot I was very conscious about drinking water and all of those things that you do on a plane anyway but when you're pregnant you just really want to look after um after your baby um and make sure that they're, they're well as well so I was very aware of all of that um yeah, we had, so once we had had the funeral, we were planning to go to Disney World with um, James's brother, um, so, and, and Layla, of course, so we're really excited for that. The day before, I felt really, really, really unwell. I had had no bleeding or anything at this stage. I had felt so unwell. Um, and I couldn't get myself out of bed. James had already gone off to hang out with his brother for that, for that morning. It was like maybe 10 o'clock or something. They probably went to get a coffee um, and just hang out because they hadn't seen each other for so long. And I asked my father-in-law, because we were staying with him, if he could look after Layla. So um, I just rested and just stayed in bed. And I just felt so sick. I wasn't feeling good. I texted James and said, I just feel really unwell. and. Yeah, he said, um, you know, it's probably just because it's been such a um, busy couple of days with the flying and the funeral and all of that. So that's kind of what we put it down to. Um, but now, obviously, I know that this was probably the, the first biggest sign that my body was giving me um, that I was having a miscarriage, but I had absolutely no idea at all. Um, so 
yeah, we went to Disney. We had the greatest day. I've actually never, ever, ever been to Disney in my whole entire life. And it was so magical. Um, Layla was loving it. It was so hot. Um, and it was pretty cold in Australia at that time. Like we don't get, you know, too much snow or anything like that, but it just was winter. So for us to be there in Florida and it was, um, yeah, nice and sunny and just beautiful. It was like, Oh, this is such a great day. We actually bought, um, we, we named our baby precious. Um, and we bought, um, precious, a little outfit that says, I think it says on the, I should know this because it's on my wall um, in a beautiful frame next to the picture um, of our baby precious. But I think it says like my first time to Disney or something like that, but it's really, really colorful and it's just, yeah, it's really fun. So we bought that. We were super excited. It was the smallest one there. So we got that. Um, and yeah, it was just, yeah, lots of, um, lots of fun that that whole day and just the you guys probably a lot of you have already been to to Disney World or Disneyland but just the the magicalness of if even if that's a word I should know that as a speechy but just the the feeling um the feeling that you have when you're in Disney um it's just so amazing so we were on top of the world and this was all happening in my body and I abs had absolutely no idea so I do try to think back to that really happy time um that I was having because yeah it, it was just so magical um but yeah so yeah we stayed for a few extra days nothing else had happened I just was really sick that day before we stayed I think maybe after Disney maybe two extra days um and then there was yeah that, that was about it the only other sign that I really had when we were flying home, I was just so emotional. I didn't know why. And I was like, what is wrong with me? And James had taken Layla to go and get some food. I think we were in LA um, at this, no, San Fran at this stage. We were just waiting for our next flight back to Sydney. Um, but I was just so emotional and I couldn't, I never get like that. I never get really upset about nothing and I was like wow these pregnancy hormones are crazy um you know what's going on and so yeah hubby was confused Layla was confused we got on the plane um it also was it also was mother's day however because we're on a time difference mother's day had already kind of been in Australia I think there was only like a couple of hours left of mother's day and mother's day hadn't yet arrived in America like it wasn't just it, we were leaving 11 30 at night or something so it would have been mother's day like 30 minutes um 30 minutes after we flew out or something like that but there was this lady on the Qantas flight and she was just so lovely and she looked at me and she said happy mother's day and I was like bawling my eyes out like no idea why you know, James had forgotten, but I mean, that wasn't, you know, nobody would really remember that when you're flying between two countries, um, let alone my hubby. <laughs> but um, yeah, he, yeah, he remembered, but this lady didn't, I just like was so thankful for that lady. I was like, so excited that I was going to be a mom of two. And, you know, I thought this is what the pregnancy hormones are doing to me um you know making me so crazy but 
yeah, now obviously I know this again was another sign. Um, so we got home and James had felt so bad about the whole situation that he actually took me to a winery at home. Um, it was like, I really love going to the wineries and um, obviously not drinking anything at that stage, which was kind of upsetting because I was like, oh, now, you know, now that I know. Um, but I always love, you know, nice um, wineries, just the, the, the look of them and the peace. They're so peaceful. And so we had gone there for lunch with Layla and it was so, so beautiful. It's the most beautiful day, even though it was a little chilly, but it was just really nice. And that night I came home from the winery and I just felt so sick. And I thought maybe it's the food that we ate because, you know, all the food there is just quite, you know, beautiful and so rich. But I thought, oh, it must be the food. But I went to sleep, didn't really think anything of that. And then I woke up that morning to a little patch of like pink blood. And I didn't really panic because I thought, oh, everything's going along okay and everything's going well. Um, I still stayed pretty positive at that point. I even said to James, like, you go to work. I'm just going to go to the local because we don't have, um, we do have obstetricians and gynecologists in Australia, but I don't have private health insurance. So I chose to go the midwife route. So that's where you get connected with um, in public health with a midwife and they actually do all of your pregnancy and the delivery and all of that. There is a doctor on site in the hospital, but it's not necessary for them to come in unless there's a problem. Um, so I, at this stage I hadn't been connected with the midwives. So I was like, I'll just go to my regular GP, um, and go and check it out. So did that. And he actually sent me to the ER because he said, everything seems fine, but oh no, I want you to get checked because I don't have, you know, anything here. I just want you to go and, you know, get checked, you know, bleeding is normal and, you know, all of that. So this is kind of where my story takes a turn for the worst. Um, everything that you can think of, all of those emotions that um, we all as mums that have lost a baby go through uh, tragedy, trauma, like all the terror behind those little words that we hear. And yeah, my world was pretty much turned upside down. Oh, our world was turned upside down. Um, our public health system is, you know, is pretty good. Um, but I did still have to wait quite some time. I waited for about two to three hours before a doctor saw me. Um, and during this time I felt so alone. I felt, and I kept bleeding throughout this time. And I thought, no, this is really wrong. I think something is really, really wrong here. Um, and I was just in a room alone. I felt like I was in a jail cell. All, all I had was this tiny little window and not to mention my phone had gone flat. So I didn't have a phone. I couldn't call anyone. Um, I actually got really pissed off at the doctors for just kind of leaving me there so I went out and I said look I've been sitting in here for three hours and I, by that stage I couldn't I, I couldn't really be angry I was just more upset so I just started crying and one of the lovely nurses said look the doctors are going to be coming in with you in just a second um, if you want to go back to the room and sit down so I went back to this horrible room um, and sat down and I was just so upset at that stage I was like no I, I'm pretty positive now that this is happening to me but also thinking how 
how and you know as you know it's just like how is this happening to me why is this happening what did I do is it because I flew um and and obviously doing all of that the blaming um but then I thought no I have to stay positive like maybe this is just some bleeding through pregnancy that happens right that happens so the doctor came in like literally five minutes later so I feel like they forgot me but um she came in and she said look um we can never be too sure um I think by this in the ER they had already taken some bloods from me so the doctor had said do you know what your hcg levels were and I said I actually have no idea I had no idea at all um and she said I just wanted to check because you know to see like where you're at in your pregnancy and you know what levels they were at so I can't really tell because I don't know where you started um and I don't know all of that so I'm going to just get you to we're going to go to do an ultrasound so she said I'm going to have the technician come and get you so she came and got me the technician was so lovely and she walked me down to the room and she you know just said change and hop up on the bed and so I did all that and I was still positive at this stage I was still talking to this lady like I had you know you know Layla I was telling her about Layla and I was telling her about how excited Layla was to be a big sister so I was still my my brain hadn't gone fully like this has happened. I still was really excited. Um, and then the technician, um, like I said, we don't have doctors here. So we didn't have like a doctor have to come in at that stage. But the technician did say to me at that point, um, Samantha, I'm really sorry, but there's no heartbeat. Um, and at that point, I just, I just was in so much disbelief and she told me to stay there, like lay down, don't, don't get up. And she was just the most beautiful soul, that lady. I don't know how she does what she does, but she did say to me, do you want me to get someone else to check it for you? And I just thought at that moment when she asked me, like, you know, I had this sinking feeling and this sick feeling and I just thought, no, like, I trust you. I trust what you've told me is true. Um, and I just didn't want to hear that again, ever again in my whole life. Did I want to hear those awful words? And I just said, no, like that, that's it. Like I took it and, and that's, it was just so awful. Um, actually that particular part of the whole miscarriage has haunted me for forever. I mean, it has and it probably will haunt me forever um i have been to counseling um i have a psychologist that i go and see i have the hospital have you know set up a social worker who calls who calls and checks in with me a lot she checks in with me even to this late like a year later she still checks in with me which is so amazing um but that just haunts me that I heard those words and yeah, I know you girls would um, understand that. And yeah, it's just one of the most horrible things that you can ever hear and you can't unhear that ever. Um, so at that stage, the, I did go back to the doctor who was seeing me. She didn't actually come into the room or anything, but the mid, um, not even the uh, technician, the ultrasound technician had told the doctor. Uh, so I went back, 
they got a social work straight away, like in the room with me. Um, at this stage, I haven't hadn't told anyone. I still had a flat, a flat battery on my phone. Um, they actually told me I couldn't call my hubby because they knew he was driving home from Sydney. So we live about an hour and a half from Sydney on a big freeway. Um, and they said, we really don't want you to call him on that freeway. And I was, I was like, I actually was really annoyed at them. And I just really wanted to get the phone and call. But um, so they said, who else can we call? And I said, oh, maybe my mum. So they had called my mum, but they couldn't get in on hold, uh, on in touch with her. But I didn't know all this, but my hubby had obviously had concerns at this stage. I hadn't answered my phone for all this time. Um, and he must have got in touch with my mum. And she actually turned up out of the blue and that was the most amazing thing ever. She just was there when I needed her most. And Sorry to interrupt today's episode, but we are sponsored by My Vitro. After three miscarriages and two rounds of IVF, Danielle Hall started My Vitro to help other women struggling with infertility. Frustrated with the options available to store her expensive fertility medications, she created the Fertility Caddy to organize all of the needles, vials, injectable pens, and supplies that are necessary for a treatment cycle. Feel prepared and ready to take control when that giant box of drugs shows up on your doorstep. Use code LAM, L-A-M, for 10% off of your order at myvitro.com. And as always, thank you for supporting the sponsors who are supporting our show. Now let's get back to it. You know, I know that's like really cliche, like your mom's always there when you need her the most, but she really was. And I, you know, to this day, I don't know if I've actually thanked her, but thank you, mom. I, I know she wouldn't be listening to this at all, but I, I just, she was there for me and I just cried and cried and cried and cried and cried because but at this stage, I hadn't really... Like I was crying in front of the technician and the doctor, but I hadn't been like absolutely sobbing. So yeah, it allowed me to let some of that out um, because I was just holding it all in. So yeah, that was, um, that was pretty awful. Um, but I was so glad to have my mum there. And then my mum actually let me uh, call James, even though he was on the freeway, I knew he wasn't going to you know, have an accident or something like that. I should say, I shouldn't say that I knew, but I just, I just know my husband and I know that he's quite a strong out of the two of us. He's so strong and his lesson doesn't mean that you know, he wasn't processing it. I just know that, yeah, he was, um, he was definitely he definitely needed to know because he was already like calling my mom and texting my mom, where is she? Is everything okay? So she's like, you need to, um, yeah, you need to give him a call. So yeah, did that. Um, and yeah, I actually, they talked to me about the DNC and I said, I really don't know. Like, I don't know what I want. I don't know what it's going to be. I, I've never even, I'd never even heard of, I've heard of miscarriage, but I never even thought of this. Um, yeah. So anyway, I said, okay, they booked a DNC in for me on a Thursday. Um, it was maybe three days away. So from the time I found out, so I was like, okay, yep. Like, that's all good. We went home. Um, hubby had picked Layla up from daycare and they walked in the door and like, we all just cried together I think Layla knew like she knew we were having a baby and I think she she could just tell she's pretty smart she was a smart little cookie and I think she could just tell what was going on so 
yeah, I, um, I definitely feel that she, yeah, she knew everything. Um, and we didn't have to tell her, but, oh, you know, we did and we explained and we have family. Well, we'd just been to a funeral. So we have family, um, that have passed away and they're in heaven. And we talked to her about that. So she knew she, she, I feel like she knew anyway, she is only three and a half, but yeah. Um, so we then obviously had to tell family and friends, you know, not too many because we hadn't told too many people anyway. Um, although I probably feel like I, I wish I had told more people, but at that stage we were pretty early. So I think when I went in to that room, sorry, I didn't mention any of this. We were supposed to be 11 weeks at that stage. So, um, but the technician did say to me, your baby's heart, you know, heart had stopped, you know, beating or the, the baby stopped growing at about nine weeks and five days or something like that. So it actually happened probably as I was getting on that plane to go overseas. I, I think that's, I kind of try to work out when, when did that all happen? But yeah, so, um, yeah, so we hadn't told too many people, but we had told a handful. So we did uh, do that. Um, and then, you know, still bleeding through this time um, and all of that. So um, I had had organized some friends to come for dinner just because we just wanted to feel a little bit normal um, and we wanted them and they wanted to support us. So, yeah, we went, we had them over for dinner and I actually went in to labor. I know that I did because Layla, when I went into labor with Layla, my waters broke at 8.30 at night and it was the same time, 8.30 at night. And I felt so much, so many contractions. I was on the lounge and my friend who was over for dinner, she was like massaging my feet for me. And like, she was really lovely. It was so kind. And I said, I just feel like so sick right now. Like my, I've got so many pains in my stomach and didn't really know that I was in labor at that stage until I said to hubby, I'm going to hop in the shower. And I actually delivered, not delivered, but I labored Layla in the shower at the hospital. Um, and I had a natural birth with Layla. So, and that was, you know, that was all okay. And, you know, pushed her out and everything was fine. And this was the exact same, like we were, I was in the shower. I said to, I said to my hubby, I think I'm having this baby right now. I think I'm, I'm birthing this baby right now. And he said, no, like, what do you mean? And I said, I, you know, and he got on the phone to the nurse cause there's a nurse's line we can call. And she was scared cause James was feeding back to me. And I said, just get her off the phone because that's no help at all. But she was, that lady was frightened cause there was, I was in a lot of pain. I was in, so much pain, even more so than with Layla's. And I don't, I think it's just because I knew, I think the pain was worse because I knew there was not this happy ending that I was going to get, but it was just, I don't know. It was so awful. Um, so anyone who is a first time mum and have a miscarriage um, and they do have a lot of pain, like that is their labor pains. Like that's, that's a good practice, you know, because yeah, that's, um that was, pretty scary so anyway we did that um I actually you know delivered the baby um the placenta actually came out first and then the baby um 
and my hubby, I said to my hubby, I, I was crying to him. That's our baby. That's our baby. Like I was crying, crying, crying. And he, so he picked up our baby and we had like, um, like a little towel there and he put our baby in the towel. And it was at that point that he, I watched his face drop, like, cause he hadn't connected with the, you know, um, our hubby's find it so much or partners find it so much harder to connect with a baby that is not inside of them. Um, but when, as soon as they touch or feel or hear or, you know, feel the kicks or like they start to connect a little bit more, but yeah, when he saw it and our baby was a baby, our baby had eyes and hands and feet. We didn't know what we were having. We all thought we were having a boy. Um, that was just what our thoughts were. Um, we, I think the reason we called the baby precious is because um, this baby just felt precious to us um, the whole way through. Even from the beginning, we, we felt like, oh, this baby was really precious. And we went to the day we found out we were pregnant, we went to a, Layla and I went to this little um, animal shelter and there was this little cat there and its name was precious. And Layla was like, oh, it's so cute, mommy. And yeah, I just was like, oh, and we called Layla before we knew what, because we didn't find out the sex of our baby, um, uh, like Layla, until she was born. But with her, we called her Popple because my stomach used to like pop and bubble. And so we called her Popple. But with this baby, I was with Layla. I was like, let's call the baby Precious. So we had called the baby Precious before we actually knew. But yeah, we never found out if the baby was a boy or a girl. We just, we just know in our hearts that we believe that that was a boy. Um, so yeah, that, um, like, yeah, you could see everything and, uh, you know, I'm sorry if it is a lot of information. I know there's lots of things shared on here anyways. And, um, you know, it's really good for people to hear because I had no idea that that's what miscarriage was. I honestly thought miscarriage was what you hear or see in the movies when you, you know, they have blood in their bed or something like that that's what I thought it was um and I know that is probably what it is for some people um but for us that's not what we now know as miscarriage um I did have to go to the hospital after that because the bleeding just would not stop I was actually passing really really uh heavy clots and it was to the point where I was actually scared so we went and did that um and they, they gave me the um, ultrasound just to make sure that I had passed the baby and there was nothing left behind. Um, I did take photos and I tried to tell them, no, there's nothing. And they said, oh, we just have to check. And so anyway, they did their checks and obviously that's what they found. But yeah, I, um, at that time when I was at the hospital and I was bleeding so much, um, I was so embarrassed and I shouldn't have been even the nurse said to me, no, no, it's fine. Like we can clean that up. But I was with my hubby and I was like, I need to go to the toilet. Like there is blood coming out of me and it's not stopping. Like, so it looked like a, a murder scene, but it was, yeah, it, I felt faint and it was awful. So, um, yeah, unfortunately, you know, we, we did that. We stayed in the hospital just for a few hours until they kind of made sure that I was okay. Um, but then life just moved on everything was going on and I could not go on I couldn't work I would cry I would scream like my daughter was watching me like every single day cry 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 like it was so traumatic for her as well I still don't know what that 
has done to her. I, I don't know, but it's hard not to share. Um, like you, you don't want to hide your feelings, but you also, um, you, you don't want to show your children that much grief. Um, but she, yeah, she was so strong for me. She was, she, what she helped me so much. And I know she's only three, but she just was there with me and she would, she would hold my hand or she would, she would come and sit on my lap and she would say, it's okay, mommy, the baby is in heaven. And she was just so loving. And I found, or I learned a different side of Layla. So that's been really nice. Um, and I think that's the biggest thing um, that we've got out of this is just realizing that life is too short um, and that Layla is just, she's just our world. So we kind of hold on to that so much and you know we try to just be the best parents we can for her um but yeah i i was actually diagnosed with um post-traumatic stress or yeah um and i still i mean it's i was only diagnosed in october of last year um i i was in a really dark time i was in i was so scared that i said to my hubby i looked at things uh, I didn't know this until I went to see a psychologist, but I used to look at things as like vehicles for a way out. I know this sounds really scary, but I would look at a tree and it wasn't a tree with leaves and bark and animals are on it and birds are in it. It was just a tree that I could possibly use or, you know, like, and it sounds, this sounds really horrible and very dark. And, but I, I guess I just trying to be so honest here. Um, because it is a safe place and I do feel that I can share that. But yeah, I was in a dark place and I know that like those thoughts I had were so scary. I've never had the thoughts like that before. Like I had a dream where I saw a cliff and I just wanted to, to jump off and things like that. So I told my psychologist, she was actually, you know, she said, I'm glad you're scared because that means that you're safe to me because you're, you know, if you're scared of this, that's a good thing. That's a good thing that you're scared. So um, if anyone's out there and, and, you know, they're feeling really scared about it, I would say, you know, definitely the psychologist helped me tremendously um, because I used to just, yeah, I, I said to her, like, I just feel awful about this. But the psychologist for me was a really good not a big turning point, just a small turning point in my mental health. Um, she actually did this session. I don't even know what they call it, but it's for extreme trauma and it's a therapy that they use um, to kind of make you go back to your trauma. So I think this, like the podcast is so good for women to um, go back and, and relive some of those moments, even though it's really hard to do it the psychologist said this is really good and it's good to go back to the most traumatic time. So for me, the most traumatic time was to hear those words, Samantha, you're like, there's no heartbeat. They were the most traumatic. That was the most traumatic time for me. So, and she said to me, um, you know, that's, yeah, if that's the most traumatic time, let's go back there and visit that spot and let's be there for that Samantha because that Samantha didn't have anyone. She was lonely and, you know, so I, I do want to share that with everyone because um, she helped, that psychologist helped me so much with uh, a lot of my trauma. I still obviously have a lot, but that was a really nice turning point for me. Um, small steps, small. Um, 
but yeah, I, I did realize that I was at a point where I was feeling very alone and I needed help. So that's probably something I know that you asked Shelly at the end, like what's something, but that's definitely something to always get the support that you need um, when you need it. Um, yeah. Yeah. You are amazing. You told your <sighs> story so well, like so well. I, it hit home in a lot of different ways. Um, I have a, yeah. a ton of, a ton of notes. I take notes during episodes. Yeah, <laughs> I, I have a ton I, of notes I, from your episode. <laughs> oh, that is so like I just feel, you know, I feel that way every, like, I can't believe that I'm, you know, this person that that's, you know, giving advice because I've been taking so much. I take notes on yours. Like I take notes every single time I listen to somebody and I really feel with them or for them, like at that moment. And it really helps so much. So I think it's great. Um, yeah, I think it's fantastic. <laughs> oh, I, I appreciate you pulling over at midnight yeah. and taking time to do this. No, I am so glad. Us. Yeah. <laughs> no, thank you so much for having me. And, um, you know, it's, uh, I just didn't want to wake hubby and, and Layla up, but I know that they would have been, they would be so, my hubby was so proud of me. I actually have a text message on my phone. He went to bed because I went to bed um, before him and he had texted me and said, oh, you know, the prime minister had said, you know, he texted me and said, you, you should, you probably can't go to the gym tomorrow. And like he said to me, um, I'm really proud of you for telling your story. Like I'm really excited for you. So like he knows and you know, he's, yeah. So it's adorable. I, he would, yeah, he wouldn't have minded at all, but um, yeah, so um, it's it's great, and I think that um, another, I guess another thing that I would, another piece of advice that I just would love to give, um, because I'm always looking for advice on on your podcast. It's so amazing. I'm surprised I haven't heard more Aussies on your podcast, but I'm definitely going to have to share it out so that they're on there. Um, but yeah, I, I just think that because I have this like risk-taking behavior now, not risk-taking as in like um, drugs and alcohol and things like that, nothing like that. It's just risk-taking in my business. So I have my own business and I've been like really making like bigger leaps and bounds in that. Um, I talked about getting a tattoo, which I never would get a tattoo. But I was like, <laughs> I said to hubby, I think, and he's like, what is wrong with you? I'm like, oh, I don't know. But I think it's because of our baby. Our, our baby has changed me. Like the woman that I am today, I would never be if I never fell pregnant with this baby. So I, uh, yeah, I just, I think, you know, to all the women out there um, who, yeah, have been through this or are going through this right now. Um, you know, they make us stronger, even though they break our hearts. Like my heart is so broken and it's not their fault and it's no one's fault at all. No one is at fault for any of these losses that we have, but, um, you know, they build, they'll, they'll make us, they do make us stronger. So, mm -hmm. yeah. And I hold my, our baby close to my heart so we kept our baby and we did cremate our baby precious and um I, they actually sell little urns um in like that you can put on a necklace so I have that close to my heart um and I don't take it off and every time I do something whether it's going to the gym or you know working and 
making hard decisions or all through this uh you know difficult time that we're all going through at the moment with uh with the virus you know things like this i think the baby helps to keep me strong that is awesome i i got more rebellious too after my miscarriage yeah. I, dyed, I dyed me her purple and i got a tattoo yeah, <laughs> yeah. i, I do you know it's it's crazy i feel like you can't hurt any more than that can you like you really can't I mean, obviously for you, you did hurt more because you, you've been through it more times and, um, you know, so the hurt is there, but I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, I feel like you can't, you can't unsee that or unfeel it. And so anything mm -hmm. else kind of feels like, oh, this actually might feel pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Know. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I can, I can completely relate. Uh, now, yeah. if somebody wants to reach out to you, Samantha, where could they do so? Yeah, um, I, I'm on Instagram. I'm also on Facebook. Um, I don't really know my details, but I know you do. Yes. Um, <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm happy for people to reach out, um, you know, via those methods. Um, yeah. Awesome. I'll link your Instagram in the description of this episode. Again, okay, thank cool. you so much. I appreciate oh, you. That's okay. And yes. Thank you so much. <laughs> stay in touch. Keep me posted yes. on everything. If you get that tattoo, send me a picture. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thank you. Oh, yeah, that will be fun. Well, thank you so much, Shelly. That's been lovely to be on your show. Yes. Well, let's talk soon. And yeah, drive okay. safe home. Okay. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with a friend who could find it useful or share it on your Instagram stories. Tag myself, tag my guest so that we can personally thank you. This is a lamb fam, you guys. We're not in this alone. We're creating this ripple effect together.